Welcome back to Bati Banter. I'm Steph. And I'm Corey. And this week we're going to be talking about Episode 6, Return of the Jedi. But first, this is this week's update in Star Wars. I'm going to start with the joke that my friend Keith sent me. I'm pretty sure he saw it on Reddit. So Annie is short for Anakin. Obi is short for Obi-Wan. What is Luke short for? No idea. A stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> Fakest laugh ever. <laughs> Yay! Dumbledore, <laughs> the two finger clap. It's like a cheesy. Until thing. Harry gets up. <laughs> oh, that was really loud. Sorry. Um, Sorry, Travis. Ears. <laughs> you may want to edit that out. Uh, we also got the Boba Fett poster. Yes. And we found out that Boba Fett's going to be released, or the book of Boba Fett, sorry, it's going to be released on December 29th, 2021. It's coming up pretty soon, kind of, not really. A nice present after Christmas. Exactly. Uh, I watched Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. Did you watch that yet? I did not. It, it was pretty silly. I did enjoy it. It was, yeah. it was pretty silly, though. And I had like, this weird moment where I was like, our logo, Lego, logo, our Lego things canon so i googled it and they're like no it's absolutely not canon <laughs> um i heard oh somebody that i know watched it and they've never seen star wars in their life and oh, they geez. they liked it and they said that it was cute and that there was references that even they understood really yeah oh that's awesome yeah I so i'm glad that it's out poe dameron was the main character nice um okay and you know how i talked about the wilhelm scream that one episode yes so I seen a tw- I had seen a tweet, and uh, the girl had written, DJ says, make some noise, and she wrote, me, Wilhelm scream, and I was like, that's fantastic, I love that so much. So, first, I was at work, and I was bored. I mean, I was on my break at work. Uh, this is not time theft. <laughs> <laughs> so, I YouTubed the Wilhelm scream, and the first thing that came up was the top ten Wilhelm scream moments in movies, so I decided to watch it. And it talked about how the Wilhelm scream originally came from a movie called Distant Drums, but it wasn't made popular until the movie Charged from Feather River came out and a man in the movie named Wilhelm screamed. (laughs) So (laughs) he got shot, (laughs) he screamed. So then Star Wars is was the first movie who actually coined it the Wilhelm scream. Okay. So then some of the top ten movies were Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, um, Indiana Jones, Toy Story, and then obviously Star Wars twice. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I like that it was literally just his name, Scream. Yeah, exactly. There's not very original. I like it from the original movie. No, I wish that I had like a Corey Scream and it was used in movies. <laughs> I could do that. If anyone is looking for someone to do ad libs, I'm your gal. Call Corey. <laughs> All right. So, Star Wars Episode 6 Return of the Jedi. So, fun fact. Return of the Jedi was originally supposed to be called Revenge of the Jedi. And it had the same premise as Return of the Jedi, but um, so Luke, essentially Luke Skywalker and his friends trying to save the galaxy from the Galactic Empire, except <laughs> at the end, Darth Sidious and Darth Vader would battle royale oh, for shit. Luke Skywalker, and the winner would reign the galaxy with... Luke Skywalker by their side. So it was supposed to be Darth Vader kills the Emperor, and then Luke and Darth are Siths, and they go and they just cause um, terror and wreak havoc, I guess. What do you think Luke's Darth name would have been? Or Sith name? Darth complains a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, 
I just want to say this really quick. Lego Star Wars Terrified Tales. There's a, you see Ben Solo and how the Knights of Ren come in and like convert him to the bad side. Okay. So then he becomes the Knight of Ren. And they're like, stop being such a Kylo. You're being such a Kylo. It's like, what does Kylo mean? Like a baby? They're like, it means like you're being a baby. So he's just like, so they keep calling him Kylo. He's like, you know what? I actually like this. Keep saying that. <laughs> That's and so he adopts funny. it as his name. That's awesome. It's definitely not one of the parts I thought were canon. I was like, this is, this is that was the moment I was like, this is definitely not canon. <laughs> that was when you were like, you know what? Maybe this isn't canon. I'm going to Google to make sure. <laughs> oh, another thing. Another thing, I saw a tweet by Uberfax, and it said that a, apparently The Force Awakens was supposed to start with Luke's hand floating through space folded as a lightsaber. I saw that as well. So, since the events in Cloud City, his saber has just been floating. How did Maz get Mark, the saber? Mark Hamill retweeted the video. And he, he said it's facts. He yeah. said it's facts. I know. That's crazy. He would have gone way more screen time. <laughs> Twice as much, he said. His hand, too. Good for Would it. Have just been his hand, or like him in a green hand. suit, just his hand. <laughs> no, they would. They would have to have a hand model or something. CGI hand. I want to know how Maz got the saber. Like, did it just fall from space? Did she fly ship into it? Because Maz was the one who gave Ray Luke saber. Now we've opened up a whole new can of worms. With yeah, this. and this has nothing to do with uh, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> We're gonna put a pin in this, though. Okay, so why did they not go with Revenge of oh, the Jedi? Yes, um, because so they had a focus group. I'm not entirely sure if it was a focus group in my life. I'm gonna say it was a focus group. So they had a focus group, and George Lucas discovered that by the that villain characters sold less toys. So he decided to they scrapped the script. And then in September of 1981, they completed the script for Return of the Jedi, where at the end, Luke Skywalker essentially is, you know, wins, and Darth <laughs> Vader turns to the good side. So now and instead dies. of yeah, and dies. Well, Darth Vader dies, but Anakin lives forever as a Force ghost. Steph, Anakin never dies now. Was it worth it? <laughs> was it worth it? Was it worth it, George? <laughs> he abandoned his artistic vision for money. For money. So instead of having two villains, he now has two bad or two good guys and all of the toy sales he could ever want. And one dead good guy. And one dead good one guy. Dead. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. And enter Return of the Jedi. So Return of the Jedi was released May 25th, 1983. Have you seen the trailer for that? No. Trailers have come a very long way since oh, yeah? the eighties. Yeah, I watched it. It was not very good. No, <laughs> no. I um, read that Return of the Jedi was one of was one of the most cultural moments like in the eighties because people were tenting outside for days. That's awesome to see the movie because the first like no one know, knew what was gonna happen when Star Wars came out, right? Yeah. The second one came out. No one, no one really knew if it was gonna be good, if it was gonna be bad. So now we've had two great movies. The third one. This is the big deal the, you know the last one it was a big deal so people waited outside this is like when the fandom started what a bunch of nerds what a bunch I would have done it <laughs> I would do it today <laughs> I would camp by myself they'd be like ma'am ticket sales are online I'd be like <laughs> I don't care you don't need to sit out in the snow <laughs> you're fine you've been here for weeks ma'am there's not even a Star Wars movie <laughs> <laughs> the next Star Wars movie doesn't come out for two years Corey like, go <laughs> oh my god okay so it starts with Darth Vader going to the Death Star to check in on how everything's progressing. And he talks to Jar 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 Jar
George Gerard. There's a lot of J's and R's in that name. It's a little difficult. And um, he tells him that they are behind schedule and understaffed. The classic <laughs> Empire budgeting and staff retention issue. And we once again bring up our issue with the Empire's financial department, their HR, all of the business administration aspect of their... I'm pretty sure every podcast I ask who's in charge of the finance and the HR department. We should Google that. I wonder if they do actually have an HR department. They 100% do. Well, they suck. They're not good. I also think it's hilarious that they want the Death Star to be built really fast, where the first one literally took them like 16 years. It took them a really long time. And look how that turned out. Exactly. And the one that they're trying to rush now is functional, but has a huge hole in the side of it. But yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I also really like how in the movie, I'm pretty sure that scene is the backgrounds painted, like the stormtroopers are all paintings. Same as when Palpatine visits the Death Star for the first time. I'm pretty sure some of the overhead shots of Endor as well are also all paintings. I also believe that as well. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of the Millennium Falcon shots are paintings as well. Like if it's just sitting there and obviously not a bit flying, that'd be a little difficult. <laughs> <laughs> That would be amazing. <laughs> and then... He, oh my goodness. Vader basically tells him that he needs to get his shit together. Because the Empire is on his way. The Emperor is on his way. And I believe he uses the words, he is not as, forgi- as forgiving, forgiving as I am. Yeah. Bitch, what? You just you're choked super a man. For- super forgive me. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little scary. Oh yeah. Okay, so you know what I read? I read the book, obviously. Obviously. Apparently, Java can speak multiple languages. Like, he understands and can speak multiple languages. But out of Hutti's pride, he only... Or out of Hut pride, he only speaks Hutti's. Yes. So what the fuck is the point of 3PO? He doesn't actually need 3PO. Oh, he uses 3PO to translate what he's saying because he just doesn't want to say it in any other language. I think so. Man. Power move, maybe. That's a huge power move. A lazy move. Good for Luke. He's trying to get in his head. <laughs> so, I really, I also really like how R2 at this point knows what the whole plan is. Like, when they're going in there, R2 knows everything. He knows he has Luke's lightsaber. He knows that Luke is going to try and trade them in. He knows that Lando's already there. Meanwhile, 3PO knows nothing, and he's freaking out, and he's just like, well, what do you mean? This is true, eh? Yeah, like, R2 knows everything. 3PO just knows nothing. I'm assuming they don't trust 3PO with anything, because he just... And also, it's doesn't stop talking. good to sell, like, the whole theatrics of it. Like, see, this guy's freaking out. Obviously, we're not tricking you. <laughs> That's very true, too. True, true. Here, here. Um, so, they try and get Han from the Carbonite. They try and trade for Han. Doesn't work. No, Jabba laughs right in his yeah, face. Yeah, he laughs at him. But then he decides to keep the droids regardless. Yes. So, remember how in one of our podcasts we said, do droids feel pain? This movie confirms that droids do feel pain because that one gonk droid, when they walk into their quarters, like the droid quarters, is hung upside down and he's getting the hot plates put on his feet and he's screaming. So, droids do feel pain. This is true. Both emotional and physical. That's really that's really messed up. It's very sad. That is really sad. We're going to ignore that. <laughs> now we know. And then there was a deleted scene from the movie where before Luke goes to the hut palace, he builds his own lightsaber. Okay. Because at this point, he obviously lost the lightsaber that he had in yes. uh, Cloud City. <laughs> his hands float in space now. Um, and while he's building it, he can hear Vader calling to him. 
Really? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, what I was just thinking is that maybe when Jabba laughs at Luke's attempt at bargaining with the droids, you know how you said that about how Jabba knows all of these languages, so C-3PO is essentially useless? Maybe that's why he laughs. Like, I don't need one of these. Yeah, maybe. He's like, I don't need a protocol. I don't need it. And that's kind of part of Luke's plan is like, yeah, I know you don't, but now you're going to take it anyways because I was kind of an asshole about it. <laughs> Smart Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Tricky Luke. So then Leia goes in, dresses a bounty hunter. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Well, they try and free Han. Doesn't work. Okay, so in the book, it talked about how Han was in pain the whole time he was frozen in carbonate. Yeah, I didn't know that. So apparently, like, the direct quote is, he'd been trying to draw breath to move to scream every moment in conscious painful asphyxiation. Isn't oh that God. crazy? So the whole time, he like, he was consciously aware. Gasping for air? Yeah. It just makes it so much worse. That's horrible. I know. See, if only he just paid Java. This is why you guys should always pay your debts on time. Because <laughs> you could get stuck in Because the collectors can come and put you in carbonate. <laughs> Oof. 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 <clears throat> uh, there's also, so you know the, the singer from the band there? Her name is Size Noodles. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. She is a, what, are they, what the heck is she called? She is a... I didn't write it down. Okay, anyway, so her name's Sia Snoodles. She was a character in Clone Wars as well because she's been working for Jabba for a while. Okay. Um, she actually dated a hut. She dated Zyro the hut. And she ended up killing him because he abandoned her. And she was really upset about it. But she's also she's part singer and part-time bounty hunter. Oh, so I thought that was a cool little add just because she's in Clone Wars and as soon as like I was watching it again I saw her singing I'm like oh shit that's the same girl from that's Clone awesome. Wars. So that girl has just been working for Jabba for a while now. A singer and a bounty hunter. Yeah. A she, modern queen. Absolutely. And when her <laughs> band broke up she just went and did solo stuff. The Beyonce of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <clears throat> so then Luke comes I like when Luke comes in and just force controls Bib to do what he wants, and then Bib tries to explain him job, and he's like, You idiot! Like, he's reading force control, and then just pushes him off the dice, and he falls. <laughs> oh my god. One thing you notice too in this one is just how different Luke is. Like, he seems much more mature and calm and chill, and he's just like basically like just threatens Jabba but is very like composed about everything yeah he's kind of come into his own as a Jedi yeah he's not a little baby anymore he's a little bit of a baby back what is it not baby back I was gonna say baby back rib I made a thought maybe think of the office this year like I want my baby back rib. <laughs> he's like he's done being a little baby bitch <laughs> my baby back rib works too <laughs> same, same same difference um so, again, reading the book is really interesting because now that Leia knows she has the Force, she's a lot more in tune with it because she's open to it. Mm -hmm. So as soon as Luke walks in and he sees the scene, he looks at her and gets really upset. So Leia closes her mind off to him so that she doesn't distract him while he's trying to interrogate Jabba. Oh. There's, like, all these really neat, subtle moments where they just discuss how powerful Leia is in the Force. And I don't really feel like it's, it's made never that evident. Like, they the kind of talk about it in the sequels but it's not really made to be like 
this big thing. It's not a storyline at all in, no. in the original trilogy, no. No, so it's interesting to read it in the book that she is actually very strong in the Force. That, I like that they, they put that in the book. When is the book? When was it published? Do you know? No. I should have brought it out here. I didn't bring the book or Thrawn out here today. <gasps> Thrawnless. I know. I can hear Thrawn screaming. <laughs> that explains why I've heard those tiny screams since I've <laughs> He's entered. Upset. He's upset. <laughs> oh my god. The pumpkin, the Thrawn pumpkin is the funniest Thrawn thing. Thrawn lantern. Thrawn lantern. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that I started laughing so hard. I think like, it doesn't look like Thrawn at all. You just painted it blue and made red eyeballs. <laughs> Thrawn! <laughs> it's Thrawn! Paint it blue, they won't know the difference. <laughs> as long as he's blue and has red eyes, it's Thrawn. Oh my god. So then Jolly gets upset. Yes. And decides to throw Luke down to the Rancor. So I don't know if you know this, but there's an episode in The Bad Batch where Sid gets the batch to go and try and find a Rancor named Mookie. Or okay. Mookie. I think it's Mookie. And you end up finding out that the Rancor is for Jabba. Like, it was stolen from Jabba, so they're rescuing it to give back to Bib. So, naturally, I was just like, okay, well, is that the same Rancor that's in Return of the Jedi? It's not. Oh, good. Apparently, the Rancor that's in this movie is named Patisa. Anyways. Oh, that so, scene is so sad. I know, when the owner's crying like the trainer's just saying they're crying looking at him yeah i felt really bad for I him i hated that as a kid it made me feel some things <laughs> it made me feel some things why do all the creatures get killed in star wars even mandalorian this is true all the creatures just get killed it's not fair it's just not fair i really like how after that happens job was like hey you killed my pet now we're just going to throw you in a Sarlacc pit. You're just going to be in torture for a thousand years. You're going to just slowly die. How does that happen? Like, how do you slowly die for a thousand years if your lifespan isn't even a thousand years? I have no answer to that question. <laughs> that's, that's a really good question. Maybe the digestive juices that's what make I'm you... Like stay. some sort of zombie enzyme kind of pickles you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Again, trying to find logic here, like <laughs> doesn't it doesn't happen. I didn't even think of that. George Lucas, explain yourself. We have so many. If we ever saw George, we'd be like, one moment, please, pull up on our phone. Question number one of three hundred and seven. <laughs> we have lots of questions. We've dug way too deep into this. Some of these are irrelevant. We understand it's fictional, but please, but please, sit we, down. we need it to make sense. <laughs> oh my god, I love how R two two is just this. Bartender, he's just walking with drinks on his head. Oh my god, I want an R2 side table. Love that, that would be awesome. So, (laughs) then you have everyone on the little skid thing on Jabba's ship. Yeah, you have people on Jabba's ship, then you have people on the other thing above the pit, the great pit of Cocoon. You have like the barge, and then you have like the little little skiff thing, yeah, I think it's called. So you know how Lando's there? No one actually knows that it's Lando. Well, I mean, the crew, like Luke and Leia, know. But (laughs) you know how he falls into the pit? And he's, like, hanging there on the side? Yes. In the book, he makes a bet with himself. He's like, I bet three to two that he could outlast anyone else who falls in the pit. So even while he's about to die, he's still making bets on himself. Oh, my goodness. I just feel like that's the most Lando thing (laughs) ever. 
<laughs> That's in your genes. You can't stop. Like, wow. He really? just sees the world's different as, as like odds in like a game, right? It's just that's how he copes, I guess. <laughs> that's how he copes. <laughs> <laughs> also, really like Luke's um, confidence throughout this whole part is so great. He's like, Jabba, I'm warning you. Like, I'm warning you. This is not gonna end well for you. This is your last chance. And then Jabba starts laughing, and then Han gets all pissed off and acts all Han like <laughs> yeah. he's blind at this point too, and he's facing the wrong way. <laughs> that <laughs> is such a good part. You're like, well, let's just turn you around, buddy. You're like, <laughs> facing the wrong way. Yeah, Luke has definitely come into his own. He's like more comfortable with his Jedi abilities. Yeah, like a confident. He, yeah, he's like a, accepted the fact that he's a Jedi. He's not acting like a little baby anymore, and. I don't know. He just he's like a totally different person in this film. Definitely. Maybe confronting Vader was what kind of made him grow up a bit. Yeah, like kind of like confronting his like fears almost. Exactly. Yeah. Good he's for like, him. He literally looked his fear in the eye and lost a hand at the same time. Character development one hundred and one. <laughs> Lose a hand. Lose a limb. <laughs> Lose a limb. Act mature. <laughs> oh my god. You know what makes me mad? And I think I talked about this in the last podcast as well, where Boba Fett, even before I watched Star Wars, I thought was a super cool character. Like, I just always thought Boba Fett and Darth Maul, I thought they were the coolest characters. Both died really stupidly, in my opinion, in the films. Or not stupid. Like, Maul's death wasn't stupid. It was just really premature, I think. Definitely. He got brought back. So did Boba Fett. So it really doesn't matter. But I remember seeing how Boba Fett died and being like, that is the most disappointing thing I've ever seen. I'm like, you're telling me... And now, knowing Star Wars more and watching Clone Wars and reading more about it, they're like, yeah, Boba Fett is one of the best bounty hunters in the galaxy. And I'm like, he literally got taken out by a blind man who accidentally hit his jetpack and set him off flying into the pit. That's that's how he... The, the most intense bounty hunter was taken down. By a, by a, blind, a blind man and a slug thing. Yeah. Not really a slug thing, like a sand octopus. A sand octopus. It has tentacles. Yes, it does have tentacles. I don't think I like that word. Ew, I don't like that word either. <laughs> and it has teeth. Something that that has tentacles shouldn't have teeth, in my opinion. It just kind of picture like a piranha plant from Mario. <gasps> oh my god, that's genius. That's exactly what it looks like. Did you see Chris Pratt is going to be the voice of Mario? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I couldn't even laugh. What? You didn't see all oh Isn't Mario Italian? Yeah. <laughs> Chris Pratt is not Italian. I'm, I'm well aware. Everyone's <laughs> like. Oh, have you ever heard of Donkey? No, he's a YouTuber and he does reviews for stuff. I find him really funny. One of his favorite reviews I've ever watched right now has been <laughs> watching all the new um, Nintendo stuff coming out and they do. They start listing all the voice actors for the, the new Mario movie, and he just keeps laughing. Like he starts laughing, and then doesn't stop throughout the whole introduction. The, I think the only character or voice actor that everybody's kind of like, okay, we can see this, is Jack Black as Bowser. Yeah, see, like, that makes sense. Everything else makes no sense. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to do Chris Pratt as Mario. And I just saw something recently on Twitter where it said that apparently... I don't know if it's... It could be a joke. I don't know if it's like satire, but he just said that he wasn't going to be making like an Italian voice and Mario was no longer Italian. Could you imagine? No. <laughs> what Mario looks like, but with the most... <laughs> 
basic Midwestern accent ever. <laughs> there is no accent. It is bland. If it was a spice, it would be flour. <laughs> it would be flour. And Chris Pratt is like, what is he even going to say? It's me, Mario. It's me, Mario. It's uh, me, Mario. <laughs> no, I'm not for it. That was like a two-minute rant about Nintendo. Back to our regular scheduled programming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, Boba Fett falls in the pit. Han can kind of see now. I don't think I'd trust him to shoot. Like, if I was Lando, I would not trust him to shoot a tentacle wrapped around my leg with his eyes. Like, his vision's still not all there. Yeah. And then Leia kills Jabba, which is super iconic. I love the Hut Slayer part. And I watched an interview with Carrie Fisher and when Disney bought Lucasfilm. That was in 2016, right? Yes. Or when they were announcing the new movies. Yes. Anyways, so they were thinking about retiring the Hut Slayer merchandise. What? Because there was complaints that it wasn't family friendly. So they asked Carrie Fisher in an interview, um, like, what do you think about retiring the at the time it was slave Leia. So what 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 do you think about retiring the slave Leia merch? And then she said to the father who flipped out about it and said, "What am I going to tell my kid about why she's in that outfit? Tell them that a giant slug captured me and forced me to wear that stupid outfit, and then I killed him because I didn't like it, and then I took it off backstage." <laughs> <laughs> she's so iconic. I love that. Oh, we love her so much. I read too that apparently she was getting annoyed that. In all the other movies, she found her outfits didn't make her look feminine enough, so mm-hmm. she wanted something more feminine, and that was their response. Like, you you went from putting, like, a white cloak on her to her essentially be naked. Yes. <laughs> well done. And she was on she was on every poster in every little boy's room in the 80s. You cannot tell me any different. When I wore that costume, I... Oh, man... <laughs> I am part of some weird fetishes that I don't even know anything about. When I wore that costume at Star Wars Celebration, people were take, coming up and taking pictures with me and saying things like, oh, I can't wait to show my wife, or I can't wait to oh. show my husband. And I'm like, oh, some lady choked me. And I'm like, what? I understand the reference. While her husband was taking pictures and snapping his teeth behind the You should camera. have gotten paid to be there. I really should have, and I hope they're all doing well. I really hope that they use those pictures in the way that I'm hoping they use those pictures for. Because <laughs> otherwise, what was the point, guys? You made me uncomfortable for no reason. Oh my god. So... <laughs> so Luke, at this point... After everything happens here, job is dead. Boba Fett's going to be digesting for a thousand years in a Sarlacc until Dave Filoni decides to step in and say, no, nah, I don't think so. Um, yeah, so Luke goes to Dagobah. Dagobah! What, and Yoda is sick and looks at him and says, you actually require no further training. So I'm really confused because when he wanted to leave in Empire Strikes Back, both Obi... And Yoda were like, no, you like you're, you need more training. You're not ready to go. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely not ready to face Vader. Then he goes and faces Vader and then comes back and all of a sudden he's had enough training. Maybe losing a hand fast tracks him. It must. Like, you know, when you take a course and it's like you could take all of these courses. Or if you take this one and you pass it. You're good. You're golden. So you can do all of the Jedi training or your dad can slice off your hand and then you're good. Yeah. Because it really did mature him from, from episode five to episode six. There's a big... Huge difference. Huge absolutely. difference. 
I also think part of becoming a Jedi is making your own lightsaber, and he did do that on his own. He did, but they don't mention that in the movie. No, they don't. But, well, I mean, obviously we know he has a new saber because he has a new saber. Yeah. And originally it was supposed to be blue. Really? And they they didn't make it blue because the sky was blue, and they're just like, it's it's not going to work. It's going to be too much blue. It's blue on blue. Maybe it they... was the 80s. They didn't know how to make it work. That is so fair. <laughs> I like to, um, that when he makes his pit stop in Dagobah, he's like, Leia is your sister. <laughs> like, duh. Yeah. And then he needs to face Darth Vader to become a full-fledged card-carrying Jedi Knight. But he did already face Vader. But he didn't win. Well, he lived. That's he, a win in my books. He lost. A hand. If you ain't first or last, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, in the book, Obi-Wan talks to Luke a little bit longer. So he tells him about fighting Anakin in a fiery pit. And he also calls Luke out for going. Like, Luke was like, I have to go save my friends. And Obi-Wan's like... Yeah, and what did you achieve doing that? Nothing. You didn't save your one friend. He was frozen in carbonite, and you lost a hand. And they actually had to come back and save your ass. So Obi-Wan's just being sassy. He's like, see, you shouldn't have gone. Obi-Wan is so tired of the Skywalker shit. Like, I think everyone at this point, like, this is when um, Yoda does my favorite Irish exit and just (laughs) dies. Just, you know what? I'm so tired of your bullshit. Enough is enough. Peace the fuck out. I'm 900 years old. I'm tired of your shit. You want to talk about your dad? No. No, I'm so done talking about this little Anakin Skywalker shit. He's so tired of Anakin. He's like, do you know how much grief this man has caused me? We should have left him on Tatooine, just like where you belong. Okay. I'm paraphrasing for you, but I hear. I'm paraphrasing. You know what I think about sometimes? What if Anakin never left with Qui-Gon and he just became a pod racer and that was his career. He was just a pod racer his whole life. Mm-hmm. He was just like this big tattooing celebrity. Mm-hmm. That'd have been a really cool story too. We should get that story. So, you know Star Wars What If. They're doing What If for Marvel. Yeah, do that. I'd That's watch that. One. That's a good one. And then... Or Luke going to the dark side. That'd and be then, a good one too. You know what? What we should do is Padme should become <gasps> part of the dark side. Oh she should be Darth Vader. That you would have, like her to have the force. I think yeah. she. You know what I like about Padme? She doesn't have the force. I think she'd be a cool bad guy without the force because she's such a cool good guy <laughs> without the force. Padme, darling, you can do whatever you want. You're the best. Absolutely, You're she actually is. <laughs> Except actually... for that whole thing where she kind of like had an illicit love affair with, with a child. With a child, and we're gonna just ignore that. <laughs> Other than that little discrepancy, you're perfect. Darling. I actually do want to do a whole podcast on Padme because I think she deserves way more recognition for what she is. And I feel like people... I, agree. I don't want to sound like that guy, but I feel like Clone Wars... Like you don't really understand how intense she is until you watch Clone Wars because they really give her more stories and more arcs and you actually see how important she is in the Senate. And, and uh, she's also in a Thrawn book... Thrawn we drop. A, we had a Thrawn podcast last week, so or we did. Le- yeah, we didn't bring up Thrawn once. Wow. And they already brought him up twice this time. Are you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> took a lot out of me to not say his name. Um, but she's in a Thrawn book too, and there's a whole arc there, and it's she's actually a really cool character, and I feel like people don't like I, watching the prequels. You don't really like you do, but you don't get 
the extent I feel of her character. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, I don't, I don't know of her importance and like just how many roles that she, like she is an integral part of the storyline. Like there's so many things that would not have happened. Saw Padme. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Clone Wars does give an opportunity to look at that in depth. Expand really. on that, yeah. And I read two books about her. One kind of takes, I think I talked about this before, but one kind of takes place before, or it shows how she becomes the queen, and then it talks about her maidens and all that kind of stuff, and then the second book is about her after, when she's part of the Senate, and how she kind of moves herself up in the Senate, and she becomes friends with Mon Mothma and Bail Organa, and that's kind of how... You see that in the Clone Wars, too, like, how they kind of start creating the rebellion. Yeah. Like, once everything happens, like, Padme is an integral part to that. However, she dies before the rebellion is really created, obviously. She's really good at networking, and then she has yeah. the connections to, you know. Like, another person, too, I feel like is who isn't talked about enough is Mon Mothma. Like, she is pretty intense. She actually created secret pockets of rebellions across the galaxy who didn't know about the other. Wow. Yeah, she's pretty cool. She's another one we'd like to talk about a little bit more. Um, so yeah, and so back to what we're talking about. <laughs> Luke, when he finds out he has a twin sister in the book, is actually annoyed. Of course he is. Yeah. We were just talking about his character development. Oh, again for Luke. And here he is yeah. being a baby again. He, like, when I'm pretty sure his thought process is, I wanted to be unique. I thought I was unique. Uh, my eyes just rolled so I far know. in the back of my skull. I looked like a great white shark. <laughs> It's still kind of whiny. It's still there a little bit. But, yeah, they also talk about how strong Leia is in the forest, which, again, is not depicted very well in any of the movies. Um, Obi-Wan, in the book, also talks about... I think he's talked about in the movie, too, the guilt that he has about Vader and how he he knows he failed and he was too... I think he says something on the lines of being too proud or something, or he was too confident in his abilities of being a teacher. Yeah. And then he failed... Vader. But yeah, he kind of did. Yeah, you kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> but we still love you, Obi. Obi. It's not your fault, Obi. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, a lot of a lot of reasons that Anakin became Vader. And Oh my goodness, sorry. Do you think that Luke maybe is like thinking a little bit about incest at this point? Because like he's <laughs> crosses he's like whoa i had a crush on my sister i kissed my sister twice maybe yeah i think book luke probably has more of a crisis than movie luke yeah absolutely book luke is definitely he's like shit he's reconsidering some things absolutely (laughs) absolutely the thing that i thought was kind of cool as well is there's a few times throughout the book where they describe han as having changed since the carbonite encounter because he now believes he wants to do something bigger with his life instead of just smuggling he wants to help people and be involved more which is why he is a huge part of the rebellion like he's not trying to leave he's he's right in there with the action however i also just think it's because of leia but it's we'll just say it's because he's not selfish anymore <laughs> yeah we, we'll say that it is 100 because he is matured as a human being as well and not because he wants to get in leia's pants exactly enter ben solo <laughs> Because obviously he did get in Leia's pants. Oh, is that how that works? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so you know how they're all talking, Mon Lothma 
says her little speech. Then they start talking about the Death Star. They find out where the new Death Star is, Death Star 2.0, because why create a different weapon and be original? We can just copy the first movie because it worked out so well the first time. And, and then you know what? We're going to do it again. Third time's a charm. Because why the fuck not? You know what, Steph? You kind of just blew my mind with the way that you phrased that because you're not wrong. Well, frig, man. Yeah. Look at the sequels and they're like, you know what? It's not a single star. It's not a planet. We got a bunch of ships. <laughs> they just appeared out of nowhere. They're huge and they're scary. And they can literally blow up planets like this star. But we got lots of them. So good luck trying to take them all down. So the other issue is like what we did on Endor where we had that one little thing. You also had to take down that one shield and you could kill us. Again, we have one little projector thing down there. And if you happen to hit that... All these ships don't work. <laughs> like, oh, you should be the voice that goes over, like, you know, when we get the emergency things on our cell phone. <laughs> when they overtake the planets, you should just, that should just play. Hello, this is Steph, your friendly Empire recording system. <laughs> this is an emergency recording, just to notify you that we're coming. <laughs> oh my god. I just, like, come on, guys. You're so dumb. If Ron was there, if. I still think that if they kept the clones, if Tarkin kept the clones, and they kept the TIE Defenders and didn't work on the Death Star, the Empire would have won. I agree with you. Like, I strongly think that. You're a little bit biased because of the whole Thrawn situation, but... Even if it wasn't Thrawn, though. Like, if you have multiple weapons, like, multiple ships that have deflector shields, have all these things, instead of one big star that happens to have one torpedo trigger... And you have clones who are literally forced to do everything you say. Yeah. You're, like, you're laughing. I don't know. That was poor planning. Once again. They're cheap. It's Tarkin's fault. Tarkin's fault. It's Tarkin's fault. So, anyways. uh... And then the Rebels, too. Their plan is exactly what you said. Okay, so we're just going to go knock down the Death Star defense shield on Endor. Everyone just, like, rush it. Hope for the best. We're just going to fly to this planet. (laughs) Yeah. We're great. There's no way this is a trap. Nope. This is great. It's working out well. I love Kate. Luke? I don't know. When Luke says this, I actually died laughing this time around. When Leia looks at Luke after everything, when he gets back from Dagobah, and she can tell that he's visibly upset, and she can feel on the force, obviously. She looks at him and asks, what's up? And he says, ask me again sometime. That's so weird. That's the most dismissive thing I've ever heard about. How are you today? Ask me again sometime. (laughs) I'd be like, okay, asshole, never mind. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. You can just sit in your self-pity butt. I don't feel bad for you. (laughs) (laughs) Ask me again sometime. Leia shoots him in the head. (laughs) And then it's just written and directed by George. (laughs) Force jokes on (laughs) Star Wars, what if? (laughs) Want to try that again, Luke? That's so good. Oh my god. So we fly to Endor. <clears throat> There's a really cool scene when they're flying to Endor. Luke's in the shuttle with them and Vader senses Luke, right? Yes. And then Luke says, I'm endangering the mission. So there's a scene in Clone Wars where Ahsoka has left this, she's left the Jedi Order at this point. This is season seven. So she left the Jedi Order at this point. She's with the Martez sisters, and they're flying, and they fly into um, the I don't know if it's the government, 
or the Senate flying zone, or I, th- I think maybe it's just the Jedi Council flying zone. I don't know, but they have like their own little area, and they accidentally fly into it, and they're like, "You need to leave now." Blah blah blah. And Anakin's up there flying, and her ship flies over Anakin's, mm-hmm. and Anakin just stops. And if you parallel the scene from this movie with the scene from Clone Wars, it's literally shot the same. So Anakin's standing there, and he just kind of looks up, and then Ahsoka also pauses in the ship and just looks at the ship, and they're sensing each other. So it was done to mimic, obviously, the scene here. And I'm just like, I remember watching it in Clone Wars for the first time and be like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, you guys, like, talking to the TV, you guys don't know this yet. <laughs> this is really sad. This sucks. I like, too, that when they um, land on Endor, they just find a bunch of Imperial Stormtroopers and fend them off on their little speeder bikes. Yeah. And- how do the speeder bikes work? There are so many trees. You're telling me that it just senses the trees and you're not going to get motion sickness. Going in between, <laughs> weaving in and out of the trees like that. Um, no. I don't know. I've always wondered that. Like, were they just perfectly spaced out? The trees? Yeah. For the bikes? I don't know. Because how are you weaving in and out at that speed they're just that talented Corey. i'm just kidding literally when they start fighting like when han runs out there like an idiot he's like don't worry guys i can handle this runs out makes the situation way worse yes and then leia's just like oh my god runs in doesn't even hesitate runs the speeder Mm -hmm. looks like shit slow down jumps on the back the stormtroopers literally just explode like the whole that whole scene is just stormtroopers dying in a fiery death. Yeah, getting hit by the trees. Absolutely. So clearly they can't drive fast. So maybe it's just like when they're driving casually, they're fine. Like they're just, yeah. you know, out for like a Sunday. Cruise. Except for <laughs> Luke and Leia. Unless Luke is using the force. The force must be using the force. Well, Leia's driving. So she must be using the force. One of them has to be. Absolutely. Both. They both combined. So poor Leia falls off. She has to jump, either hit a tree and die, or jump off and get knocked out. So she chooses to jump off and get knocked out. We choose unconsciousness. <laughs> so Wicket the Ewok finds Leia and is scared of her until she offers him food, which I totally understand. Would okay. do anything for food. And um, I did a little research as well because mm-hmm. how did they have a dress that fit... Yeah, we were, so we were talking about that in our one podcast. Right. So um, there's this thing called Star Wars Forces of Destiny. It's little shorts. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's called the Ewok Escape. <laughs> so it added a little bit more insight into Leia and Wickle's tra- travels back to um, the Bright Tree Village. The Bright Tree Village. <laughs> so when they rescued the two other Ewoks from Stro- Stormtroopers, the Ewoks brought, them back, brought Leia back to the village and as a gift, they tokened her with, or as a like a token of their appreciation, they gave her this gift of this human dress. So that's how they got the dress. That's how Leia got the dress. However, yeah, where did they get the dress? It is never explained where the Ewoks got the dress. We learn why Leia has it because they're like, "Yay, this is a nice human. We're gonna give you this human dress." Yeah, but we don't know how they got it. Exactly. There must have been humans on there before. And then Mark Hamill actually did kind of suggest that um, they had an adult female dress because they had a tendency to hunt and eat humans. Well, there, there's no other explanation. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> while Leia's walking with Wicket to this, what is it called? Bright Tree Village. Bright Tree Village. I don't know if it reminds me of Care Bears. I, I know. just seem like Care Bears. 
um, she thinks about the forest and the trees and she's just reflecting on her life. And she actually thinks about the fact that she almost caved under Vader when he was torturing her in the first movie. Really? Yeah. And they're called pain droids. Oh. Interesting. Who would have thought? Who knew? Who would have thought? So Leia's now gone with the Ewoks. And then we have our other friends who get captured in a net. And then R2 gets them out of the net. Yes. And then they get surrounded by Ewoks. And these little Ewoks, for some reason, think that C-3PO is a god. Yes. So, Harrison Ford's facial expression throughout the whole exchange between the Ewoks and C-3PO is my absolute favorite thing in the world. He's just exasperated and looks so ridiculous. It's (laughs) so funny. And then you look behind him, and Luke is just laughing. Like, he's just sitting there laughing the whole time. Again, like, do you notice, like, Luke doesn't speak very much in this movie. Like, he's very, like, you can tell he's kind of just taking a step back and is just assessing the situation and, like, you might, I don't know. He's just a totally his, different character. His whole new aspect on life is to observe and react rather than react first. Well, good for Luke. Good for Luke. So when, so when they go to the forest of, what is it, what is it called? Bright Tree Village. I just, no, I don't I can't remember that. Bright Tree Village. Um, when 3PO like when they're all on the spits there they're gonna get cooked mm-hmm. and then 3PO is just not doing anything to help them because it's against protocol it's not polite to lie and then Luke uses the force to lift him up make him magic yeah 3PO actually thinks he's doing that really? yeah he's just like oh my god like, oh. <laughs> and then the Ewoks freak out the Ewoks are pumped they are they still want to eat them all and even Leia runs out she's like wait no these are my friends like, these are who I'm here with. Please don't eat my friends. They're like, ma'am, we already spared you today. The rest of us in the village are hungry. Yeah, we are hungry. I don't know, that little snack you gave Wick is not enough for all of us. <laughs> yeah. So, you know how 3PO is telling them the whole story of the Alliance, or the Rebel Alliance, and what's happened in the war so far? Yes. In the movie, it's like they kind of just are like, oh yeah, we'll help you for sure. Like, great story, cool story, we're going to help you guys. In the book, it takes a lot more conversing back and forth and one of the elder Ewoks is like no we don't want to do this and then uh, the other elder Ewoks like no we have to help them blah 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 so they refer to C-3PO as the golden god Ooh. so Wicket walks up and he says he's the one who ends up convincing him but one of the lines in the book that made me laugh was the golden god whose return was prophesized since the first tree has returned. Has returned. So they literally do think that 3PO is a god. Good like, for 3PO. They, like, they actually think that he was prophesized by the first tree. The first tree. <laughs> the first tree. That's awesome. I want to live in Bright Tree Village. <laughs> oh my goodness. So they decide to help them and then Luke is just like, alright, I need to go and confront Vader. Because yeah. the whole time I'm here, I'm endangering you guys. Vader wants me. I need to go. And you know what's funny to me is in the movie when you in the movie this whole thing's about the movie. You see Vader and Palpatine talking twice. There's two different scenes where Palpatine's like, "No, Luke will come to you. Like he's going to come to you." And when the second time when he tells Vader, Vader's like, "Really?" I was like, "Dude, he already told you this. Like, come on, Anakin. Come on. Yeah, turn off Anakin and turn off Darth Vader. Let's go." <laughs> oh my god. That scene too where Luke and Leia are talking about their mom made me sad. Like when Luke's just like, when he's like debating telling her that he's their siblings. Yeah. 
He's like, what do you remember about your mom? Because I remember nothing. I just know my dad. I just know my dad. He cut, <laughs> he cut off me off. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about my mom. Which is kind of weird because in uh, Revenge of the Sith, obviously Padme dies right away. I know. But Leia's just like, I remember her being very beautiful, but she was very sad. You didn't Aww. even, like, did you even look at her? Yeah, how would you know? Maybe because... She's Force-sensitive. She must have felt it. That's what I was thinking. And because she was with, I'm going to say, like, Padme's side of the family. Yes, She felt more of a connection to Padme, whereas Luke maybe felt like he knew their father more because of Tatooine and obviously that whole complicated dynamic where he's kind of, his dad is kind of Darth Vader. Well, now, their dad. Their daddy. Their daddy. (laughs) They have daddy issues. Absolutely, they do. (laughs) Balin... I can't remember her name now. They're not related to Padme. They're just really good friends yes. with Padme, right? Yes. Um, that's another thing that I actually hate is the fact that we didn't really get to see more Bale and Leia together. Or we didn't see any of that. No, we didn't. We just saw it like, literally for 10 seconds at the end of Revenge of the Sith when they're like, here you go, here's a baby, bye. Yeah, they're standing there with a nice, nice backdrop in the castle. Exactly. Like, here's sand and dirt. <laughs> that is amazing. Um... You are a moisture farmer. <laughs> you will, you will fire moisture. <laughs> Here she goes. <laughs> oh no. So, I, that whole scene there where, that whole scene there where Vader is talking to um, Luke actually made me really sad. He's just like, there's good in you, I still sense it. And he's just like, no, there's not. Like, no, there is, man. <laughs> no, there isn't. <laughs> and then Luke just freaking just cuts him right to the core. He's like, well, then my father is truly dead. And then turns around and walks away. And then Vader just stands there looking over the rail like, oh, shit. That was the perfect description like, of that. literally just cut him up. And then he's, Vader's like, oh, I need a moment to compose myself. <laughs> he hit me where it hurt. Exactly. Luke's just like, I know where to stab the knife. <laughs> Not only did he stab, he twisted. He twisted. <laughs> I also really like when we're back, like when we're in the Death Star and Palpatine and Luke are talking. They're just having like a little back and forth and Luke's just like, or uh, Vader, oh my god, Palpatine is just like, join the dark side, use your anger, blah, blah, blah. And then Luke's saying, no, I will never. I've never been to the dark side. And then Vader's literally just scanning there and just looking back and forth like he's watching a tennis match. He's just like <laughs> listening to the two of them. It's so awkward. He's like, yeah, they're fighting over me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so great. And then over. Flash on over to Endor. Endor. Papu the Ewok, when he goes on the speeder, is so funny to me. He's just doing like 360s and he's still just hanging on there. He drives the speeder at that speed Better than any of the stormtroopers. Yeah. Let's be real. And he looks cool while doing it. He does look cool. Good for him. A spinning teddy bear. (laughs) (laughs) And the Ewoks kind of saved the day. Like... Yeah, they do. The Rebel Alliance literally could not have done that without the Ewoks. Yeah. So, we get to the base where the shield is up. And at this point, the Rebels think that they have surprise on their side. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we're finding out from Palpatine that they don't because Palpatine was the one who orchestrated everything. He told them where the shield was. He gave them the shuttle. Like, well, he didn't physically, but he, you know, manip- did, his yes. little, did his little thing. Made sure they got everything. He is a master manipulator. The most manipulative. 
So Han runs up and he, tach- when he taps the trooper's shoulder. I laugh every time. He just turns around and runs away. <laughs> but he, the stormtrooper runs right into that little group of rebels. The guy at the front with the white beard is Captain Rex. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, oh my goodness. You know what? Now that like I've like seen the animated Captain Rex and in like Rebels? you've made that yeah. connection. Yeah. That is That's why that they is. gave him that beard in Rebels because they wanted him to look like the guy in Amazing. Yeah, so the guy has just been in multiple wars. He's honestly one of the oh, sexy Rex. Captain Rex. We love you, doll. Should give him his own podcast episode. <laughs> we should. We'll write this down. <laughs> Padme deserves one. Captain Rex deserves one. Thrawn deserves one. <laughs> Oh, you're pulling a Palpatine and you're manipulating the situation to get Thrawn. Literally all the people I want. <laughs> Look at me go. It's so clever. <laughs> so clever. And then we go back up in space. I like that we have Luke's point of view and then Han and Leia's point of view. And it seems to be a thing that's carried out through... Yes, throughout all three of the movies. Yeah. And then this one we also get Lando's point of view. But yeah, we definitely do get the, the back and forth. Yeah. That's actually how I've separated my notes. <laughs> fun fact fun fact no one cares um, I do oh thanks Corey so you know, the scene where Palpatine is talking to Luke in The Last Jedi they really copied that scene with Snoke they definitely did and it kind of annoys me yeah. to be honest the sequels are definitely um, they're I'm just like a carbon copy I was gonna originals. actually use the words carbon copy Oh, look at us. Yeah, the original trilogy. But I'm going to use a different word. I'm going to use regurgitation. Because that's a nice word. (laughs) Just to gross everybody out. Wow, Corey. That it's kind of like, it is like a a regurgitation of the original trilogy. Like, they're just like, okay, this, the exact same, but a little bit different. A little bit chewed up and spit out differently. I'm actually so excited for us to talk about the sequel trilogy. I I can't wait till we get there. You're just like, you're like, this shit. I'm like, yes, let's go. (laughs) I'm so ready. Um, (laughs) For like multiple reasons though. Like I do like the sequels because that's when I started watching Star Wars. But there's a lot wrong with them. There are some plot holes. Some. The whole trilogy is a plot hole. Okay, anyways. So it's Luke's face when Palpatine reveals that he actually orchestrated everything. And he's just like, oh shit. And then Admiral Ackbar when he realizes. And he says. It's a trap. It's a trap. (laughs) That is amazing. And I also love that. Admiral Akbar looks the way he does, and he is called a Mon Calamari. Yep. I'll never get over that. And they live on Mon Calamar. I told that to my dad the other day, and he literally thought I was lying. And then he Googled it, and I could hear him chuckling to himself. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, that calamari. Squid. My least favorite Clone Wars arcs were the ones that were centered around the Mon Calamar. And I know that's really mean to say, but I didn't feel as bad one day when I went on Twitter, and someone made a joke, and they're like, you get to heaven, and... You find out that all the Clone Wars, or all the Clone Wars seasons are on in heaven. You can watch any of them, except the only arcs they have are the Mon Calamari arcs. And the guy just starts crying and says, I'm going to go to hell. And I'm like, hey, thank God I'm not the only one who didn't like those arcs because they're, no, they're just not good. We got beef. They're not, I'm done now. Sorry. I get so distracted. And he, I love that line that it's a trap. It's a trap. So then. I really enjoy the fact that once the rebels do get captured, like they walk out and there's stormtroopers everywhere, and they're like, oh shit, like we're screwed. 3PO and R2 walk down a hill and then they're just like, oh shit, and then turn around and walk back and then they get ambushed by Ewoks. So the Ewoks do save the day. 
I have a question though. They're very innovative. Like all the different weapons they have, like they literally have two logs tied to a tree that just crunch over. ATST. Yeah. They have logs that fall down a hill that make them fall over. Yes. They have flying contraptions that they throw rocks down. Where the hell did they learn all this? Apparently, before I ha- I don't have the exact details on this. They might have been in other wars. But the Empire had um done. I'm gonna say like some deforestation to the moon of Endor. Okay. And had taken over a little bit at one. Like sections? Uh, Yeah, like, so the Ewoks used to be, like, a peaceful, I'm going to say, like, clan of what Mm -hmm. Ewoks. And then when the stormtroopers came and the Empire came and destroyed their land and took their resources, then they had to fend off, they had to fight for themselves, so then that's when they started inventing these little contraptions to help fight off the Empire. So, if they already had all these contraptions, why did it take the rebels coming down for them to actually destroy... Because they, like, the only reason that they were successful was because of the Ewoks. Yeah. Like, you could argue had they not had, well, no, you can't even argue it because they were trapped. Why did it take the Rebels coming down? The Ewoks, like, the Ewoks had no issue killing the Rebels right away. Yeah. However, in the Empire, they're like, oh, we're just going to let them sit here unless they do something to us? Pretty much. I think that that's why they had been, like, eating people and stuff like that. Like, we won't attack you, but if you attack us, we'll then attack you. we have some issues. Because at that the, kind of... Flash forwarding, but you know at the end when they're drumming on the stormtroopers' heads, <laughs> that's kind of why because it's like a revenge of haha you took over our land and now I'm drumming on your heads. That's some good music if you want my opinion. Yeah, good for them. Uh, in the book, Palpatine talks to Luke about how he knows Obi Wan was who trained him, and then he ends up guessing that Yoda also trained him. Like he tries to pull all his information out of Luke, and Luke doesn't say anything. But then he slowly starts like breaking Luke down. Like you see in the movie too, like start like when he's telling him all these different things, Luke's like, oh, like, his anger starts to come out. Yeah. So he finds out that Yoda also trained him, which I find really interesting. You can probably tell, like, in their techniques and stuff, right? I would think so. Mind you... Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I think so. So when Vader and Luke fight, I love that when Luke gets the high ground, he says, Obi-Wan has taught you well. Yeah. And that's just so great. That is great. And I know it wasn't even done intentionally, but it's just so great. <laughs> it's all Radican, I have the high ground. It's like, haha. Oh, and then Vader does the saber throw. That's my favorite. That's that... my favorite move. Every time I play Jedi Fallen Order, I try and unlock that one because it's just so much fun. <laughs> um, They were playing over the weekend all of the movies on like the Showcase channel. Really? Thanksgiving and Christmas, they always play them. Oh, they do that with Harry Potter too. Yeah. Well, Harry Potter not Thanksgiving, but definitely Christmas. Christmas. Christmas time. <laughs> I like to, um, the emperor kind of embraces like Luke's hatred and is like, haha, thank you and congratulations on finally, finally embracing your hatred. You've unlocked a new level. <laughs> That's fantastic. Vader, when he realizes that Leia's Luke's twin is pretty cool too, because again, like Luke at this point is just losing his mind because he's freaking out and he's scared. And then as soon as he brings up Leia, Luke's like, hell no, and just comes out swinging. And then Vader's just like, oh shit, this guy's actually super powerful. All of a sudden, literally takes Vader down. Mm-hmm. And then Palpatine comes over, who's at this point ready for Luke to kill Vader, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And then when Luke doesn't want to do what Palpatine wants, he starts force lightning him. Yeah. My question is, 
Why was Vader's first instinct to pick Palpatine up? He only has one hand at this point. Like, he lost a hand. And his first instinct was to pick Palpatine up. Like, you didn't think of maybe trying to use your saber and, like, stabbing him. Maybe he was worried. I don't know. Because then he just picks him up and launches him. Palpatine's lightning just erratic going everywhere. Again, Palpatine, why'd you not stop force lightning the sky? I think that maybe he didn't stop force lightning because he was kind of force lightning Darth Vader as well. So if he were to stop doing that, then he would lose his only, like, defense. That's true. But as to why Darth Vader's immediate reaction was to pick him up and throw him into a a random hole. I don't know. What's up with... Throwing people down pits. Pits. I don't know. Where you don't die. But, yeah, it's interesting as to why that was his go-to. Yeah, I don't get it. Maybe, what, maybe he couldn't use his lightsaber? Maybe. Maybe he was too weak. But if you're too weak to pick up your lightsaber, you're probably too weak to pick up a grown man. But he Mind you, actually, in the book, Palpatine is described as a, uh, a man, a small man shriveled with age and evil. Oh. So that's interesting. You know what else I thought about watching this movie? Is that Palpatine's not even in the first one. No. At all. No. And he's in the second one a bit. And Darth Vader is the main um, antagonist. In the first one, yeah. In the first one, Like, yeah. you know that there's somebody, but you, you don't see him. I thought yeah. that was kind of interesting. Another thing I thought about watching this movie, and it actually made me kind of sad, is Luke, Han, and Leia have never known anything but the war. Like, they all die. Aww. Like, yeah. when the war is still happening. That is kind of sad. Yeah. It's very sad. Yeah. Um, They've never known peace. Big yawn. Big yawn. What I was just thinking, um, I believe that we've talked about this, that Jedis are supposed to use two hands for their lightsabers. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why Darth Vader could not use his lightsabers, because he only had one hand. We've definitely seen him use the one hand before, but we've discussed that maybe it was him showing that he had more power than Luke. But now that he's weak and doesn't have as much power, maybe he cannot physically hold his lightsaber with two hands. And also because he's become Anakin at this yeah. point. So he, yeah, no, so yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's got one hand. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, so anyways, Palpatine dies. Vader gets burnt with Luke's theme playing in the background. So sad. Oh. We have Ewok celebrating. We Yay! got Stormtrooper helmet drums. I, when I, I really like how they show all the different planets celebrating when they show Coruscant you can see the Jedi Temple in the background yes I like that and then when you see Obi-Wan and Yoda's force ghost and then you see Anakin, Anakin. this time watching it I was like hey it's Hayden it's him <laughs> I'm so excited to see Hayden back alright so I have a few random facts yay um, yeah so the movie was originally going to be called Blue Harvest we talked about that as well Yoda wasn't supposed to be in this movie at all. Really? Yes. Which I find kind of disappointing. And Luke and Leia originally were not going to be siblings. Interesting. Yeah. So then when they said there is another, who were they talking about? Leia, but they just weren't going to be siblings. Oh. She was just also going to be force sensitive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I might have liked that more. I think I would have too. And then we can kind of distance Leia from this Skywalker shit show. <laughs> yeah, because she doesn't really seem like a Skywalker. <laughs> no, she's too far too emotionally mature. In the trailer that I was talking talking shit about earlier, they actually at one point they say they describe the different characters and they say and the leader and it's Leia's face that they show and I'm like, yeah, yeah, 
All right, so now we're going to do our character highlight. Corey, would you like to go first? Yes. So, I have chosen Jabba the Hutt. Now, I'm going to do a little bit of an overview of Jabba's general just. His Jabba-ness. His Jabba-ness. <laughs> His full name is, <clears throat> I'm not going to be able to pronounce this correctly, Jabba de Silijic Turi. And his homeworld is now Hutta, and he was born 800 years before the Battle of Yavin. He's old. He's old, and he died four years after the Battle of Yavin, as we saw in this film. And he has one son. Yeah. Rota? So, Jabba is a slug-like alien. His species is... Disgusting. Is disgusting. (laughs) Yeah, they're called the Huts. And he's one of the galaxy's most powerful gangsters, and a member of the Grand Hut Council. A lot of so a lot of the hut species are actually operating organized crime is kind of mm-hmm. their thing. Yeah. And they have great influence in politics and the world of organized crime. Mm-hmm. So Jabba operates his criminal empire from his palace on Tatooine. Fun. And so he sorry, blah 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 blah. During the Clone Wars wars. During the Clone <laughs> Wars. Woo! Jabba um, had such great influence that when his son was captured, he pledged allegiance to whoever was going to return his son. So when it revealed that the Separatists were the ones that orchestrated the kidnapping, Jabba pledged his support to the Republic. So he continued to operate in the Outer Rim after the end of the Clone Wars and as the, and as the Galactic, em- Galactic Empire rose. That's why the Galactic Empire, or the, sorry, the, what are they called? What does he pledge himself to? The Galactic Empire. Yeah, so he... Well, he know before that. Who who helped him? The Jedi? The, oh, the Galactic Republic. Republic, thank you. I couldn't think of the word. So that's why the Galactic Republic leave him alone. Like, they don't they do not do anything with slaves. Like, they don't touch them. They Like, even there's a whole arc... Or, that's not arc, but it's in a book where Padme has a really hard time dismantling the slave trade in Tatooine. Because, you know, it's like a running joke yeah. in, like, how she didn't help his mom but like they actually did try and they couldn't because of the influence of Java but with like you know inner working in politics yeah literally like the the politics of it yeah that's crazy because he was mostly yeah he was really big in the slave trade and yes bounties and stuff like that yeah um so after the destruction of the Death Star the Emperor sent Darth Vader to negotiate a deal with Jabba to secure the raw materials for the Imperial uh, military production. And then this alliance allowed him to and the Huts to survive the Imperial crackdown against criminal elements in the Outer Rim. So it also got rid of all of Hutt's competitors, so that kind of gave him like a monopoly over mm-hmm. the organized crime sector. And then when Han Solo failed to repay him, obviously we saw this in episode... Five. He got turned um, placed in carbonite for quite some time, and then it was his gift from Darth Vader. So when Luke went and rescued his friends and Leia um, choked mm-hmm. Jabba the Hutt, the Huts were unable to decide who would inherit Jabba's criminal ring. So a lot of the slaves um, were freed, and they. Oh my goodness! And his palace was abandoned and the droid pool, and everything was deactivated. So, last podcast, you talked about Boba Fett mm-hmm. um, shooting... Who did he shoot again? Bib Fortuna. Yes, Bib Fortuna. So, this was actually because 
Bib Fortuna returned to the palace and took over Jabba's criminal operations around five years after all of this. Okay. So, at nine years after the Battle of Yavin, Boba Fett joined the accomplice and stormed Jabba's palace with Bib Fortuna in there. And then that was when Boba Fett slayed Fortuna and took the control of the remnants of Jabba's criminal empire. With so, Fennec Shan by his side. Exactly. So that was why he killed Big Fortuna, was to take over Jabba's criminal empire. Nice. And I wonder if we're going to see that in the book of Boba Fett. Well, we see him kill him in Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. So now he's just... He's, he's in Jabba's palace, yeah, right? He's, he's the owner now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Fun. And that's Jabba the Hutt. I hope they drop the um, book of Boba Fett trailer soon. That would just, you know, help all of us. It really would. So my character highlight is on Darth Sidious. Mr. She Palpatine. Call him Palps for short. Palps. <laughs> um, so the notes that I have, I kind of took some from Legends and some from Canon, only because I read the book Plagueis, Darth Plagueis, and I really liked it. And I do, like, it's considered Legends, but a lot of it is not actually. Like, they take in, they talk about it in the movies and stuff like that. So Palpatine is obviously from Naboo. He's 84 years old during the Battle of the Avon. That's how old he is. I know that. I did not he know looks that. good for an eighty-four-year-old. He just, does, kind of. Not really. He's a shriveled man. <laughs> He's a shriveled man. A demented wizard of sorts. <laughs> so in the book, Darth Plagueis, he kills his family. So yeah, they go up in a ship and they're leaving Naboo, and he ends up just slaying them all in the ship. And I thought that was a little intense. I don't know if that's canon or if it's not. I'm pretty sure it is canon though. But you don't ever hear about him having a family at all. So he was always in politics in Naboo mm-hmm. and he was also incredibly intelligent like people and he's very charismatic like he was always a really good speaker and everything so people really liked him um he ends up meeting Plagueis who is a moon I think moon I don't know how to say it properly um but he's part of the banking clan so who so he's heavily involved in politics obviously so he ends up becoming friends with Plagueis who ends up obviously taking him as his apprentice and the two of them worked on finding ways to cheat death, which Plagueis did end up eventually finding out, and Palpatine killed him over it. Um, but he also had the ability to... He learned the ability to transfer his own consciousness into another body. Okay. Um, and he creates life with midichlorians. Uh, so... This is cool. Plagueis attempted to create a force dyad between himself and Sidious. It failed, but he did try to do it, which I find very interesting. Uh, so Plagueis helped Sheev move up really quickly in the Senate with his banking clan privileges. Yes. So he kind of, Palpatine kind of took over really quickly. So, and the whole time, obviously he's Darth Sidious. So he's, this is, he, he literally starts orchestrating the whole takeover of the Galactic Empire as soon as he realizes what he is. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty, it's actually really cool. So, um, like he, he, his brain just is crazy to me because he like literally he literally orchestrates it and at one point when he realizes what Plagueis is capable of he already has this intention in his head that he's going to kill Plagueis okay because he wants to be the ruler of the the, the galaxy yeah, yeah exactly so Mother Talzin uh, the night witch Palpatine originally wanted her to be his apprentice which I think is so cool I did not know that but he ends up choosing Maul who is her son which I also did not know I did not know Darth Maul was her son oh wow yeah I thought that was so freaking cool because like on Dathomir they have to the two sides of the planet like they the girls live on the one side and the men live on the other side and the men literally just 
train and get jacked and then when the women decide they want to have children they literally go and watch them all fight and then pick who they want to mate with and then bring them back have the kid oh my goodness yeah it's super yeah super weird so that's okay yeah <laughs> that's one way to do it yeah so then palpatine uses his influence to help new gunray become the viceroy of the trade federation because obviously new gunray's in his pocket we know that mm-hmm. obviously um so he also cre- he also convinced Poggle the Lesser to help create the droid army, which we see in Attack of the Clones when we go on to Geonosis. He manipulated Padme to help him become the Chancellor by making her lose confidence in Valorum, and bl- he blamed Valorum for everything that was happening in Naboo. And obviously Padme's prime concern at this point as Queen of Naboo is Naboo. Yeah. So she it's- ends up... That's why she's the queen. Exactly. So she ends up voting for, um, what's it called? Something of confidence? I don't know. Anyway, so she ends up getting, she ends up basically getting Valorum to lose his job so that Palpatine sneaks his way into becoming the Supreme Chancellor. So at this point, he's still orchestrating the Clone Wars. He he orchestrated the Clone Wars. He kind of started everything with Darth Tyrannus, who is Count Dooku. Mm -hmm. Um, That's such a cool name. That is a good one. That's a really cool name. Yeah, so he decided, Palpatine decided at this point to actually take Dooku as his apprentice because Maul is now dead and the rule of two. Because originally when Dooku sought him, I'm pretty sure Maul was already his apprentice and he said, no, not right now. Like, I already have an apprentice buddy. Like, wait your turn. And then once Maul died, he's like, hey. Hello. Job opening. Are you ready? (laughs) I just want to say, there's a job opening. And meanwhile, while all of this is happening, he's deepening his relationship with Anakin. He's kind of twisting and manipulating Anakin to turn against the Jedi. And he does this multiple different ways, and it worked. So, Darth Maul's back. He ain't dead. Just kidding. JK, he's back. And he's also back with his brother, Savage Opress. Oh, such a cool character. He's so cool. He is cool. Oh, man. Um, I hope we get him live action someday. I don't think we will because he dies during the Clone Wars, but still be really cool if they can somehow get him in there. But Palpatine goes to Mandalore once he finds out, and he basically just humors the two of them while fighting because Palpatine's like, I can actually kill you guys both in a second. He kind of humors them, fights them a little bit, knocks Darth Maul out, turns around, toys with Savage, and then just kills Savage. Very sad. Was not happy. And he kind of mocks Maul and then kind of reveals his whole plan to him. And Maul's just like, oh shit, like you've literally orchestrated this whole thing from the beginning. And he kind of, he thinks about Dooku and like Maul's just like, well, Dooku was a fool. Like, yeah. Or he's just as foolish as I am kind of thing. So, and then Palpatine was also part of the trials for Ahsoka. So when Ahsoka was accused of bombing the um, temple, he's part of the trial and he makes this kind of really vague speech where he's just like we need to be careful of separatists somehow sneaking into our our uh, the republic and you know creating distrust amongst us and create i'm like you're re- like you're watching this you're like dude it's you we know it's you like shut up <laughs> you're, you're you gaslighting motherfucker like how ironic so there's also so remember when i was talking about the arc where yoda goes to he goes to dagobah to have like he goes in that cave but he also goes to moraband to learn more about force and when he goes to moraband that's one of the temples of the sith sidious actually senses him going there so he gets tyrannus and he uses tyrannus's 
force connection with Yoda to kind of somehow get into Yoda's mind and manipulate him. So he actually tries to convince Yoda to turn to the dark side. And he's like, if you join me, I will reveal who I am. Super intense. Like, it's so crazy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So he, um, yeah. Really cool arc. Uh, Watch Clone Wars, guys. (laughs) Seriously, please watch Clone Wars. So then Anakin is convinced by Palpatine to kill Dooku. It's all part of Palpatine's plan. He talks to Anakin about the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise because at this point he knows that Padme is pregnant. He knows that Anakin's having visions of her dying. Do you think Palpatine was the one putting the visions in Anakin's mind? 100%. I think that Palpatine has like orchestrated this entire... Because my opinion on is that Palpatine is Anakin's dad. And that he put the yeah the midichlorians the midichlorians yeah. in there in Shmi and enter Anakin. So I mm-hmm. think that he's been manipulating this the well, he's entire been manipulating time, the whole time for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting to think because they haven't really talked about that. But again, that also kind of happened. We, we've talked about the whole chosen one mm-hmm. arc and whose midichlorians was it who created Anakin? Because we know he was created by midichlorians. Unless exactly. Shmi's been lying this whole time, she's embarrassed about who his dad actually is. She doesn't want to admit it, but. That would ruin everything about Star Wars if it was exactly. all just chalked up to Shmi lying. Could you imagine? By the way, Shmi lied. This is Anakin's dad. Grogu's actually the chosen one. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so then, obviously, we know what happens at this point. We have Revenge of the Sith, where we see him fight with Mace Windu. Mace Windu almost kills him. Yeah. Which is crazy to me, because he fights Yoda, and Yoda can't. Yeah. So, like, ha- I'm really confused by that. I think Mace Windu's more, I'm going to say, like a, um, like a, like a soldier. Yes. And I, Yoda I, is definitely more force-sensitive. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, but it's also Yoda. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. So, he also, or, uh, as we know, he also orchestrated the whole clone army with the, um, Kaminoans, like he got Sifo Dyas to go in, who was manipulated by Count Dooku to create this army for the Republic, and then we find out that there was inhibitor chips put in, and then we have Order 66. Yes. Uh, so after the events of that, he is now the Galactic, he's the ruler of the Galactic Empire. He finds young Ezra Bridger, tries to bring Ezra to the dark side, does not work. And then we have the events of the original. I'm not going to talk. There's so much to talk about for Palpatine. It's actually unbelievable. I'm not going to go into every detail because we we literally just talked about all three of the original movies. So, so we he's, know he's been very involved since the yeah. Beginning. He's literally orchestrated this whole thing, which is actually just absolute insanity. Um, so it's actually really interesting to me too because after the events of the Death Star, the Empire actually don't know for sure if Vader and Palpatine are dead. Like they don't believe that they're dead. Whereas like obviously the rebellion is like, well, no, no, like Luke killed. Yeah, Palpatine, Vader, we literally burnt Vader's body, they're dead. So the Rebellion is still working because the Empire is still going around doing shit because they still think that their Emperor is alive, right? They don't actually know. And he post-humanly orders Operation Cinder to Garrick, and Garrick Versio is one of the people who do Operation Cinder. That's a whole arc in Battlefront. Is mm-hmm. it Battlefield or Battlefront? I always... Battlefront. It's Battlefront. I got it right. So, and, and, yeah, so he does the whole Operation Cinder, which I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure they talk about Operation Cinder in Mandalorian. I'm 95% sure Bill Burr's character was part of Operation Cinder, and he gets really upset, and that's why he shoots the officer. I don't know if it was Operation Cinder. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, 
But yeah, again, he posthumanly orders this. So we know he's alive. Yeah. He's just this kind of like, you know, when Voldemort was trying to find a body. He's just <laughs> they're going with it. They're just flying around. Um, so he sent his consciousness towards a cloned body of his own creation. So this I find really cool because we have not actually learned in any thing yet how the cloning process happened. But in Bad Batch, the last episode, we see Nala say the Kaminoan being taken to Mount Tantus. Mount Tantus is actually in a Legends Thrawn book, and Thrawn talks about how that is where the Empire started doing cloning. Oh. So we know, like, we're actually starting to get this. So it was talked about in Mandalorian as well, like, where you can see, like, when they go into that room and you see the tanks, and one looks a lot like Snoke. Um, not confirmed that it was Snoke, but it yeah. does look like him. And then you find out that's why they wanted Grogu. They wanted the midichlorians to try and start cloning, right? Yes. So we know that we're going to start getting more information on this. So I'm really excited about that. But a lot of the clones that were created in Mount Tantus were failures. So it's interesting. Like, does Nala say not... Like, Nala say it's a Kamen no one, and they're known for their cloning. So obviously she's not cooperating with the Empire. Yeah. If they're creating these shitty clones. So he ends up going to a failed clone of his own creation. Um, he ended. He ends up having a son doomed to, with the cloning technology, who is Ray's dad. Yeah. Um, this I did not know. So Snoke was a failed clone with force sensitive abilities, but he wasn't a Sith, and Palpatine manipulated him from afar. I thought Palpatine was in Snoke. Me as well. I really don't like the sequels did a really shit job at explaining this because I I genuinely thought that it was Palpatine, but no, Snoke was just. Snoke was his own person just being manipulated by Palpatine. See, and I, up until this very moment, thought that Snoke was kind of like a projection of Palpatine. Like, yeah, not a projection, but like... I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, so, I'm really interested to start learning about the cloning process and how this all worked. Because, yeah, like, I, the sequels were just kind of like, oh, by the way, yeah, clones of Palpatine. And you're like, what? Yeah, it was very... Yeah, the explanation part was not good. No, but we do know that the Palpatine we see in Rise is a clone. Like, it is a successful clone of Palps. Palpatine. Yeah. So I'm really excited. Like, Bad Batch is definitely going down that route. Or maybe maybe it's not even going to be in Bad Batch the next season. I don't know. But we do know that Nala is in Mount Tantus. We do know that they're going to start talking and explaining this whole cloning process for the Empire. So I'm excited about that. So hopefully we get some answers. Yeah, that'd be really cool because I have lots of questions. We do have lots of questions. That seems to be the general gist of Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. So now we are going to do our final question. It's not going to be a long question because this podcast is already pretty freaking long. Uh, So Corey, our question today is, you know how when Vader finds out that Leia is force sensitive and is Luke's twin? He says, maybe we can convert her to the dark side. Do you think Leia would have ever gone to the dark side? Absolutely not. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. Leia risks too much at this point. She's already lost everything. She's yeah. literally, she literally has lost everything. And she's the one person who seems to have her head on her shoulders. Doesn't seem to get emotionally affected that much, except for getting pissed off at Han. But obviously, like I would also get pissed off at Han. Same. Plus, yeah, she's the most emotionally mature, and she seems the most invest- in- invested since the beginning in Absolutely. the overall cause of the rebellion. Yeah, like she would sacrifice anything just to save people like she's it's, yeah. she's very much invested in the rebellion i don't i don't think she would go to the dark side also you know what i was what i thought of in the first podcast i not the first one but when we talked about i'm pretty sure it was um 
A New Hope, mm-hmm. I made a comment and I was just like, is it Han or Han? Or is it Leah or Leia? I know how they all say it differently. Yeah. I was thinking about it. Lando's the only one who calls Han Han. And then in Solo, it's a running joke that Lando calls Han Han. Oh, yeah? So maybe that's how they, like, saved it. They're just, oh. like... That makes sense. I'm just gonna throw this in there to kind of satisfy you guys. Yeah, exactly. Because really, you're watching. You're just like it's Han. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in this episode of Bot Two Banter. I'm Steph, and I'm Corey. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.